0: Yeah. Okay, this week's INMPI, brought to you by Digi-Key, thank you DigiKey, It's is from OnSemi. Lady Ada, what is the INMPI this week?
1: Yes, uh, this week's also, uh, I want you to note, the new OnSemi logo change was a green circle Uh, this is our new logo it's quite nice they've also now gone all lowercase so do you
0: like this one better
1: i kind of do i dig it i like how they're going all lowercase how can you argue with that
0: we had an idea for a game and it was going to be logos and names of electronic companies and you have to guess if it's real or not i also think um there's probably an opportunity to look at some of the all the electronic companies are starting to redo their logos i think everyone is like we got this budget time it's budget time we got this thing so, Onsemi new logo, and what is the product that uh, okay.
1: they're into? Uh, so this week we're doing the uh, E fuse portfolio from Onsemi. They actually have a couple different products. Um, I think it's the NS fifty four XX series. Uh, we'll, we'll show you a screenshot of all the different options because there's quite a few. But E fuses are kind of neat. I've actually never used an E fuse like this before, um, so I actually learned a lot while researching this INPI. And um, these are kind of cool. So normally when people think about fuses. You picture something like this, a glass or ceramic um, cylinder with two metal posts on the end, inside is a wire. Um, these are really great for uh, detecting and stopping overcurrents. So if you have a short circuit or something got damaged, um, before too much current passes through your electronic device, possibly causing a fire or permanently damaging the device, um, you have this fuse which the wire inside is kind of calibrated so it will burn out after one amp or two amps or whatever current. Um, The fuse burns out and you can see the wire broken, you know to replace it. A lot of people have um, you your kitchen appliances, um, your microwave, stereos. They still often have, um, especially older ones, they'll have glass or ceramic fuses like this. Um, You know, we have multimeters have fuses um, that, you know, have had to replace. So, you know, they're they're still used. Um, They do a great job. They're extremely reliable. You can buy them anywhere. They're super cheap. And one thing that is kind of good, although it kind of drives users a little nuts, is when it blows, it's permanent. It it blows open and that's it. So you're like, the thing doesn't turn on. You have to remember to look at the fuse. Um, If you don't want to have that, if you want to have something that it doesn't have to have a physical thing replaced each time. And also these glass fuses, you know, they're kind of large and bulky. Um, A lot of electrical engineers use polyfuses. So these are a conductive... A thin layer of material that as more current goes through it it heats up it heats up and eventually the resistance increases to uh, a point where um, basically no current can flow through because it's like a huge amount of resistance Um, and then as the resistance drops um, sorry as the resistance increases the current drops um, the amount of power dissipated drops, and then it slowly, slowly, slowly comes back to room temperature, and the resistance drops, and it reopens. So it's a, kind of the opposite of those glass fuses in that when this trips, it opens the connection, you know, basically disconnects um, the two pins, but it will self-heal, right? It will it'll, sometime later, um, five minutes later work, which is why a lot of people are like, oh, did your USB port stop working, you know, or something in your computer stopped working? you know, turn off everything, unplug it, wait five minutes, and turn it back on. That's what thats what usually fixes it, is you're waiting for, you remove whatever the short is, you wait five minutes, it comes back down to temperature, the fuse resets, and you're good to go. Um, you'll see, you know, we actually use basically this fuse in a lot of our stuff. Uh, here's the um, Adafruit Metro, uh, which has a mic controller board, and you see there, handy red arrow pointing to the green polyfuse. And this is, you know, basically it's there to protect your computer your hub or your power supply when you plug it into usb and then you attach like five servo motors to the five volt pin and you're like trying to draw four amps through your usb port your computer's unhappy Um, this just you know kind of protects your computer's usb port Um, the power will go out on the uh, metro Uh, five minutes later of course it'll come back to life and maybe you'll learn not to connect four servos Um, and this is the characteristic curve of, of this polyfuse so you'll see you know, depending on which product, the amount of current that you're passing through, how long it takes for it uh, to trip. And you'll see it, it is dependent on, of course, ambient temperature and how much current. Um, you know, these are not super fast. Uh, they take 10 milliseconds to a second or two um, to trip. Um, there's fast blow, slow blow, you know, you can always get those details. But, um, you know, these are very analog. It's completely dependent on the thermal properties of that uh, uh material in the center. Okay, so the E fuses, like the NIS uh, 5420, and again there's, there's a bunch of these, um, these are fully electronic fuses and they perform all the functions of the poly fuses or glass slash ceramic fuses, but they do a lot more. So the thing about glass fuses and those poly fuses is that they're really good for overcurrent protection. So if you're drawing too much current, um, they'll open up and, you know, save your device, but what they don't do is they don't protect against polarity, so if you have the wrong polarity. They don't protect about over voltage. If you have too high a voltage uh, or too low a voltage, they won't protect you. They don't do slew rate, so, you know, if your current uh, bursts in too fast, um, they don't know how to slow it down. They're, they're very, very simple. They're also really cheap. They're 10 cents. Spend a little bit more in electronic fuse, and these are, you know, they're analog electronics, but they do a lot more. So you can see inside, they have over-voltage clamping. Um, of course, they do overcurrent current protection. Um, they do under-voltage lockout, so if the voltage is too low, it won't kind of half-connect, you know, brown out your device. Um, there's also current monitoring. There's um, slew rate setting, and, uh, you know, a whole bunch of, so they basically do kind of everything. And what's nice is they sort of like work out of the box. They're very simple to use. Um, So here's an example, the block diagram. Um, VCC is power. Uh, Source is the, um, you know, what you want to connect your load to. There's a charge pump even for the the P-channel FET so it can um, turn on, which is nice. It's high switching. Um, I-current limit, you can set with an external resistor. DvDT is the um, slew rate, so how fast you want the voltage to rise you set that with a resistor or capacitor. There's thermal shutdown, UV, basically there's all this stuff. It kind of does everything, so you don't need, you know, a lot of your protection circuitry is usually made of multiple diodes and maybe zener's and, you know, PFETs and fuses. This kind of does everything at once. Um, So two things I thought were kind of cool. Um, Of course it does everything you'd expect a fuse to, but I liked the V-clamp. So, you know, it won't It protects up to, I think, 18 volts, so it's not, you know, forever, forever. But if you have small spikes, like, you know, you have maybe an inductive load um, or something on your system that has some um, inductance to it, so you're getting spikes on the power supply that spike up, this will nicely smooth it out for you by clamping. Of course, if it clamps too much, it will overheat and and the the fuse, the E-fuse will blow. It won't be damaged. It'll just, like, open up the connection. But it'll it'll take care of some, you know, basic overvoltaging. Um, Slew rate control, another thing, um, you know, I don't usually use it, but I have seen some situations where people, like, I really want to slowly ramp up the voltage. Um, I don't want to uh, turn on too fast. I want things to sort of slowly come up, um, especially if you don't want, if you have, like, multiple power supplies and you want them to come up in order. Um, So this will do slew rate control if you add a passive component to the uh, device. Uh, They also come in multiple different sort of versions. Um, So one thing is you'll notice there's a 50-50 split between um, auto retry and sort of like, uh, you know, always off. Um, So you can have a latching um, disable. So basically if it overheats or overcurrents, you have to remove power to reset it. Um, And that's good when, you know, if if something happened, you know, if there's some overvoltage, overcurrent, failure you, or thermal failure, you don't want um, it to kind of cycle on and off. You want it to just turn off and the user has to go and, and perform some action um, to power cycle it. Or there's auto retry, which is a, more like a polyfuse, right? You, you overheat, you wait, cool down and restart. Um, there's also different uh, under voltage lockouts, V clamps, and whether or not you have a current sensing uh, mirror output. So you can um, check the voltage. There's a voltage that is a uh, it's like a volt per amp, whatever multiplier of the current, and so you can externally monitor uh, with an ADC um, how much current is being drawn by your system. Um, there's also multiple different voltages. There's three volt, five volt, twelve volt, and I saw even a twenty-four volt. So you know they are hard coded for the voltage, which I think makes sense. You know, you're, you know these are designed for hard drives or computer cases, so you know you want it to be on the twelve volt line. You don't want any risk of a passive component will change what the voltage limit is, or the under voltage lockout, or or the style. So there's some things that are controllable, um, but some things that are basically kind of like ROM set in the chip. So check out all the different varieties. A lot of them are in stock, so you'll just pick up whichever one you need. all right um, uh,
0: Available on DigiKey.
1: The one we're featuring today is the, it's the very latest one. It's the uh, NIS fifty four twenty, which is the twelve volt version in stock, uh, and pretty cheap. For about a buck, you can have really nice. Almost three
0: thousand in stock.
1: That's a lot. Which
0: is more than most things.
1: Yeah. Well, I want to make IMP. I want to make sure it's yeah. in stock. But so there, there you go. I, I think these are cool. So I might make a breakout for one of these chips because they look very handy. All
0: right. We have a, a little video, about a minute or so. Do you want to play that?
1: Yeah, let's play the, right. the, the video and we'll...
2: Hi, my name is Andrew Niles and I'm an applications engineer at On Semiconductor. Today I'll be covering the comparison of an e to a PTC as well as a short demonstration of the eFuse features. An eFuse is an integrated circuit with many features, and a PTC is a special type of resistor which has a positive temperature coefficient. Two important eFuse features are that they provide a fast current limit response time and on-off control with their enable pin. In this demo, I will show the eFuse responding to short circuits and providing PWM dimming for an LED circuit. The eFuse shown here today is the NIS5021, a new 12 volt, 12 amp E-fuse. First, I'll demonstrate what happens when there is a short circuit. Setting the switch to E-fuse mode, we will press the output short button. The short circuit being generated is a chattering short generated by a microcontroller. Due to the fast response of the E-fuse, the 12 volt input voltage rail does not go down. It's also important to note the level of current. Right now, the current is 10 amps per division. For comparison, we will also do the short circuit with a PTC. When a short circuit occurs, they heat up and transition from a low resistance state to a high resistance state. Since the PTC must wait for heating, the response time is significantly slower than the E fuse. There is a larger amount of current, which causes the voltage on the power rail to go
0: down. And that's we. It's uh, this week's Ion MPI.
1: Thanks, everybody. Power on MPI.